Greetings and welcome to Discussions with DITRA. Where the Defense Threat Reduction Agency brings together subject matter experts to discuss meeting today's challenges of WMD and emerging threats, increase awareness, and deliver morale-boosting information. And now, today's show. I am Darnell Gardner, Ditcher Public Affairs, and I will be your facilitator for today's podcast. Mr. Howard will be moderating today's session entitled, The Impact of AI on Cybersecurity. And our guest speaker and subject matter experts calling in from California. So Ditcher listeners, please welcome Dr. James Brett Michael, Professor of Computer Science and Electrical Engineering at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California. Take it away. Good morning. Ditcher audience. Uh, This is Dr. Howard uh, coming to you live from our podcast uh, today. Uh, I have a special guest from the Naval Postgraduate School. Uh, Dr. Brett Michael is here today to talk to us about the impact of AI on cybersecurity. Dr. Michael, would you please share a bit of your background with the Ditcher audience? Thank you for having me in, in this podcast. Um, I've been working in the area of AI uh, since the 1980s, and specifically at the intersection of uh, software engineering, cybersecurity, and artificial intelligence. Prior to joining the Naval Postgraduate School, I was with the um, UC Berkeley research team that demonstrated uh, the uh, technical feasibility of automating um, the driving function for uh, passenger vehicles, trucks, and buses. Uh, so I was actually applying AI and traditional control system and signal processing technology to show how we can improve the safety, um, e- efficiency, and other um, good properties of um, our transportation ground transportation systems. And prior to that, um, I was actually living in the Washington DC area. Um, I worked at the Institute for Defense Analyses for several years while I was in grad grad school, Um, finished my PhD at George Mason University. And then um, after that, uh, moved on um, my way west to Argonne National Laboratory where I was a formal methods engineer and then um, UC Berkeley and the Naval Postgraduate School. Here at the Naval Postgraduate School, I lead the um, interdisciplinary academic group, uh, brings uh, faculty and students from across our campus to work on challenging problems for the Department of Defense, how to better protect um, our systems, but also other aspects of um, cyber systems and operations. And with that, I'll turn it back to you. Okay. Uh, Very impressive background, I'll tell you. Uh, A lot of uh, uh, knowledge to share, I'm sure. Uh, And you and I met uh, through uh, Ditcher's Artificial Intelligence Machine Learning Data Science Working Group. And uh, and, and that's where, as I said, we came in contact with one another and, and we continue to participate in together. Uh, as well. I believe you're an advisor uh, to the group. Well, today, the article you wrote, you and your other two colleagues, uh, Joshua Kroll and David Thaw, entitled Cybersecurity, 
via artificial intelligence, risk, rewards, and frameworks. You write that recent advances in artificial intelligence challenge classical models of productivity by increasing the scale, complexity, and range of tasks that can be meaningfully automated, including those associated with cybersecurity. This is what I'd like to delve into deeper uh, today. With that, what are some of the main challenges cybersecurity faces today? There, it's really like a broken record of, of sorts. Uh, we still have uh, many of this, the same core challenges. Um, uh, one of those being that the, the core cyber threats and vulnerabilities still exist. Uh, even when we transition to cloud computing in the um, uh, early 2000s, uh, when we had the computational resources, that being storage, communication, and processing, that really enabled um, cloud computing, the vulnerabilities and the, th and the threats uh, just migrated into the cloud. So um, we're, we still have, we're still dealing with denial of service attacks, ransomware, um, problems with buffer overflows, uh, problems with DNS um, attacks and, and things like that. Um, in addition, cyber conflict remains asymmetric and AI has not changed that. And what people, many people don't realize is that AI and security have merged a long time ago. AI, artificial intelligence, uh, is really a spectrum of levels of automation. So we have machines that are that implement fairly simple rule-based type of uh, automation of, of tasks, um, all the way up to um, aspirational AI that you've probably heard of, which, which we're not there yet. That's the Lieutenant Commander um, uh, data on Star Trek, who has emotions, can be creative, and so on, you know, so it's an artificial being, but, but we have a, a, a many gradations of levels of um, automation in between um, basic automation and um, aspirational AI. And, uh, uh, but uh, because um, an attacker only needs to find one one viable and, and usable um, means of exploitation. Um, so they need to find a vulnerability that they can exploit um, to achieve their goal. Um, this remains the same as it was when I started in this field back in the 1980s, uh, because um, these, we, we have a hard time building systems that don't have uh, any flaws. We can't even, you know, theoretically, we can't show a system, for example, doesn't have a covert channel, uh, which is, is problematic from a security standpoint, especially if you're interested in protecting against exfiltration of data, but the defender needs to defend against a large universe of possible attacks. So then, um, how does AI improve cybersecurity? Well, it does uh, in the sense that our we uh, the the introduction of AI um, 
back in the 1950s, uh, the, the concepts, um, even when it was very abstract and computers were quite um, uh, uh, difficult to program and maintain. But um, even back then, people were thinking about, well, how can AI improve the human situation, but how might it be used for um, nefarious purposes? So the way it, it's, it's, it's um, helping us is that uh, since there is so, such a low entry um, barrier to entry today, um, to using AI, uh, pretty much, you know, I could take my laptop, I could go to GitHub, which is a software repository, download algorithms. I can look online uh, on the web for um, advice on how to construct attacks or whatever. Um, it's There's not much of a barrier to entry for the attacker to use AI um, to try to obviate or bypass or defeat in some way um, cybersecurity measures, um, but we as defenders, uh, we also need to keep up with the changes in technology and its uses. Um, so we need to employ um, uh, artificial intelligence to maintain to maintain the, um, the uh, level of security uh, that that our stakeholders expect us. Um, to um, provide um, in protecting our uh, digital resources. So it's, it's a matter of taking a risk management perspective. And, and we know that there are risks to employing AI, and we know that there are risks of others employing AI, and we need to um, manage that risk by uh, becoming um, fluent in, in AI and understanding how to best integrate it to mitigate risks and to to protect our digital resources and the stakeholders that rely on them. What I hear you saying is that artificial intelligence, machine learning can improve security while at the same time making it easier for cyber criminals to penetrate systems with no human intervention as well. So it's a cyber arms race and it's a battle of the algorithms as many people have um, coined the situation that we're in today. I think I'll skip my next question, which was going to uh, discuss or ask about drawbacks and limitations. I, I think we've we've touched on that already. Mm -hmm. Now that we've addressed addressed the topic uh, on a broader uh, basis, I'd like to refer to your article. You mentioned that AI deployment should be viewed as rich socio-technical systems rather than mere, mere technical tools. Would you expound upon that? Absolutely. Um, so it's one thing to have a technological um, capability. It's another um, thing to be able to employ it in a, a means in which you can be effective and efficient in achieving your goals. Um, so that's why I think you need to take a systemic approach and think in terms of that triad. So you have to think not only about the system and the technology, but you need to also think about um, the, the humans, the human in the loop. Let's remember that artificial intelligence is based upon algorithms and data. And 
the algorithm data don't really understand like we do. So we don't want to anthropomorphize AI, making it seem like it's something like a human. It's not. It's, it's, it's algorithms and data that don't necessarily know the context of a situation. And within cybersecurity, all kinds of things can happen. There can be um, anomalies that pop up. Um, and we can train an, uh, using machine learning um, algorithms, a, a cybersecurity protection me mechanism, and policy enforcement mechanism to uh, detect these anomalies. But are the anomalies due to some malicious behavior? Is it, a, is it due to a sensor being out of calibration? Um, it could be due to a lot of different things. Um, and really, it takes a human to step in and take advice and recommendations and situational awareness information from um, the AI system um, that's used as an assistant and then to, to make a decision. So it really is not, it's not like AI is going to do, we're gonna let AI do, take um, responsibility and accountability for doing things uh, uh, that protect our system in a, in a fully autonomous manner. There, we have to integrate the, the, the human in the loop. We've touched, you touched on this in your uh, response. However, I wanna go a little deeper and get it to the level of practitioners. What are some principles for cyber practitioners as they learn to operate in the evolving world of AI? Well, I would say, um, as I mentioned in my paper, one of the first of those principles that we might think about, there, and there are many principles, I, I don't have time to go through them all today, uh, but um, one of those is that automation takes tasks done by humans and that embodies them in the technology itself. So um, because that work happens, but in a different way and within a different process workflow, just like it did with when we instituted cloud computing, we saw that we don't have to do things the same way we do. We've done them in the past. The cloud computing, just like AI, can help us change our process workflows to be more effective and efficient. But um, with these changes, this represents a de uh, delegation of responsibility and humans must remain accountable for the operation of the system and its outcomes. I think that's really important to keep in mind as a guiding principle. And also to establish sufficient oversight, um, the actions of any system must be sufficiently traceable that an oversight entity can be, um, can determine what led to them and whether they might have been um, manipulated by, let's say insiders or um, by outside adversaries. So what we want to do is design our systems to support this level of traceability, and that is a key key challenge. But this is a principle of um, uh, AI uh, uh, transparency and um, supporting accountability. And we are still um, challenged in trying to figure out how to do that. And that's part of the um, for our DoD audience the uh, what's known as uh, responsible AI, which there are, uh, there's a lot of interest and work being done um, today by several working groups. Um, another uh, uh, 
guiding principle is that um, we need to keep in mind that systems should act as their controllers intend them to do. Um, so what we want these uh, systems to do, um, including the cyber AI-enabled cybersecurity systems, is to fulfill the requirements set forward for them and capturing the needs of their controllers in those requirements uh, to establish this, systems must be subjected to rigorous tests and evaluation processes, um, including robust whole system verification and validation. And one of the things that I'm working on, and several of my colleagues, as well as people in other organizations, um, is looking at uh, uh, how, do we how do we perform assurance on AI-based uh, systems, and how can we use... Um, uh, AI, such as machine learning, to actually improve um, the assurance of our systems, including assurance related to cybersecurity objectives and goals. Um, and I've actually um, been working in that area for um, uh, critical infrastructure, including process control uh, systems, where I've looked at using machine learning for uh, 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 parts of process control systems where you don't even have authentication uh, organic to components like sensors. So how can we, for example, um, get around the fact that we don't have uh, components that have um, uh, organic um, cyber security capabilities such as basic as authentication and most of your industrial process control system uh, sensors do not have any way of authenticating themselves to anything else, but we found a way of using uh, machine learning algorithms to uh, uh, look at the uh, analog signals, the, the voltages um, produced by sensors, and actually be able to uh, look for anomalies there and use that as a means for authenticating um, that the data is actually coming from the sensor and not from something else, um, and uh, also looking for uh, uh, what might be the cause of that anomaly. And that would even work to keep the process control system working, even if someone, for example, performed a, a uh, uh, let's say, a uh, crypto virology type of attack, a ransomware attack against the uh, IT and OT uh, networks um, of the system. Um, and, uh, a, a third um, guiding principle here would be to take a complete system level perspective, which I already mentioned, that looking systemically uh, at all the different aspects, the technology, the policy, the law, um, uh, and the actual people. How do, we, how do we get the automated system which includes the uh, AI, to team with the human. Um, so uh, we need to consider things like uh, human factors, including educating uh, AI system developers, human operators, and other stakeholders, um, identifying stakeholders in their relationship to the AI system. Um, and that will help us um, a great deal in establishing and clarifying the system's goals and requirements and aiding in a smooth um, operation and adoption. 
this principle is important because um, if we don't uh, uh, go this route, um, automation can suffer failures as fewer humans are responsible for more output, but less aware of how the output is generated. Also enhanced by automation, humans are both more critical to, to the points where the technology hands off control, just like the work I did with fully automated vehicles um, that were dual, uh, dual mode, could operate manually or, or in full automation um, mode, and less able to take on that control either in nominal or degraded modes of system operation. Uh, and I think an overriding principle um, that I'd like to, that I think is important to mention during this podcast is that although a defensive AI capability may be dependable, efficient, and effective, we need to apply that um, uh, capability in an ethical manner. Ethics, ethics plays a, a key role here in enabling our cybersecurity and cyber operations. Um, uh, so um, what I'm saying is that we really need to apply AI responsibly, even though we may have the best intentions, um, you know, two wrongs don't, don't make um, a right. So even though our adversary may not be, you know, our, the attackers may not be playing fair or even, and it's not a level playing field. I already mentioned that we have um, asymmetry in this competition between the defenders of systems, of digital systems, and the um, attackers of those systems. Um, uh, we still need to be responsible in our actions. And I'd like to quote um, former um, Defense Secretary Mark Esper uh, when he was ref uh, in a speech, he was re referring to um, our. Uh, development of AI uh, capabilities for many different uh, aspects of how we run our enterprise. But he said, um, and this is a quote, the United States will once again lead the way in the responsible development and application of emerging technologies, reinforcing our role as a global security partner of choice. To me, that resonates very strongly. I want to um, be a responsible, ethical, user of AI and performing um, the role of defending our, our enterprise networks and other resources. But I wanted, uh, so that I want to be an example and I think we all want to be that example. So those are some of the principles. Um, there are many others I'm sure you and others can think of, um, but I think those uh, at least give us some things to think about. Excellent. Well. You've unpacked a lot during this uh, session, uh, and I want to conclude uh, on, and you've touched on this already, but let's reiterate it for uh, our audience. As we conclude, what are the drivers for the advantage in the future of cyberspace? I think human machine uh, teaming is going to be, uh, it, well, it is critical. We're already seeing that. We already employ AI in um, the ordinary devices that we use. Um, for example, our smartphones, they are um, in a, uh, the multi-factor authentication that involves things like um, a password and um, facial recognition. Uh, 
we rely on machine learning algorithms built into our phone. There's there's a chip in or chips in our phone that um, actually map the points on our face and say, oh, yep, that's Michael Howard or that's Brett Michael. And um, and in addition to having that, the, the user supplying something they know, which is a password. So it's something they are and something that they know. And it could be something that they have. We you might have a, another device where, which gives you some random numbers that you type in. So that would be three-way multi-factor authentication. Um, that's already with us today. Um, um, but as we, you know, that's that's at the you know individual level, and that's it's not that complex, um, but it's AI enabled. But as we scale up to enterprise levels, uh, cybersecurity. Um, uh, we need to think about how the human uh, humans in that organization team with the AI um, to uh, defend um, the enterprise's uh, uh, resources, and that's that's a very difficult problem um, in and of itself. But when you add in the teaming, the the, the teaming piece, we we really are still finding our way. Um, you know, the, the technology is continuing to evolve. But uh, uh, figuring out how to best employ that uh, with the human machine teaming, I, I think, is where we're going to make the great, great leaps and bounds. Um, but we're still still working our way in that direction. Well, I'm sure it requires quite a bit of, uh, you know, particularly at the nation state level, uh, quite a bit of investment. Uh, that, yes. And, that... the, and the, the wonderful thing is that the Department of Defense has been a key uh, uh, investor in AI and cybersecurity, and now the integration of the two, um, even although much of the innovation today is not internal to the Department of Defense, uh, the Department of Defense and other government agencies, um, and that includes agencies around the world, uh, uh, are um, uh, trying to influence industry to fill those capability gaps, such as the human machine teaming aspects of using AI in combination with cybersecurity. Um, so we are still um, influencers and, of course, um, uh, uh, heavy users of AI and cybersecurity. Uh, so I think things will improve, uh, continue to improve. But we have to remember it's a cat and mouse game, and uh, we have to keep up we as the defenders need to keep up with the attackers. Uh, so it's not a matter of whether we'll be using AI in, uh, in combination with cybersecurity, um, but it's, going, it, it's a matter of we are going to use it, we are using it, and we have to um, keep up with the, with, the, um, with the attackers. Understood. Dr. Brett Michaels. Thank you very much for uh, this insightful uh, talk. Uh, I'm sure our audience gained quite a bit out of it. Uh, there's lots to unpack here, uh, and I would love to share your uh, article on uh, it's entitled Cybersecurity via Artificial Intelligence, Risk, Rewards, and Frameworks. So I'd love to be able to share that if you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. Excellent. Excellent. See you on the other side. Talk to you later. Okay.
Bye-bye. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To hear more podcasts, don't forget to subscribe on Google Play or wherever you listen. You can find out more about DITRA at DITRA.MIL.